Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung here. Hey, if you can take a moment, we're going to take a look at the book. Go to the book of Jeremiah. It's one of the ancient Jewish prophets that wrote 2,500 years ago and was actually talking about events that would unfold in our day. I have in my hand a copy of this five-hour audio series that is on CD entitled Jeremiah, A Unique Prophecy. Well, he's a unique prophet. It's a unique prophecy with a unique purpose that you need to study through. Jeremiah and judgment is what we're going to be talking about as we study together today. I want you to get your Bibles handy. And after we have our study, I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of Jeremiah, a unique prophecy. Right now, though, let's go to the book of Jeremiah for our study on Jeremiah and judgment. What did happen? Rebellion. Rebellion against God's plan. Go back to Genesis chapter 6. You know how Genesis unfolds, don't you? Genesis chapter 1 is creation. Genesis chapter 2, the special effects of creation. Genesis chapter 3, the story of the fall of man. Genesis chapter 4, the story of Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 5 is genealogies. Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8 is Noah and the flood. Genesis chapter 9 is Noah after the flood. Genesis chapter 10, genealogies. Genesis chapter 11, the story of the Tower of Babel. Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. And that's 2,000 years of history. And that's why the modernist, the rank liberal theologian wants to destroy the truth of the first 11 or 12 chapters of the book of Genesis. Now I gave you Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8 is Noah and the Flood. Let's look at rebellion at that time. Let's look at what was actually going on. Look at verse 6, excuse me, verse 1 in chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God, I touched base with that verse just the other, uh, that phrase just the other day. It's found in chapter 38 of Job verse 7. It's also found in chapters 1 and 2 of the book of Job. And there it is referring to angels. I submit to you when we come to chapter 6, it is also referring to angels here. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Angels saw human women, daughters of men. That they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. Look down here in verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. That's right, you heard me correctly. I am making a statement that angels, evil angels, had a sexual relationship, sexual intercourse. I don't know how to be any more plain in mixed company with women of man. <gasps> really? Oh, that is, must be everything. Man, you're giving it so That has to be blasphemy, Jimmy. Uh-uh. There's no other way to deal with the book of Second Peter chapter 2 where it says angels for the sin they committed were placed in the abyss of the tortoise, the bottomless pit, waiting the judgment. That judgment coming at the end of the tribulation period. No other way you can deal with Jude, verses 5 and 6, I believe it is. Where it says they were 
they left their first estate. And as in Sodom and Gomorrah, so likewise they committed fornication. You know what fornication is? Most define fornication as sex between unmarried people. Adultery is sexual relationship between married people, but not your legal partner. Fornication, defined properly, is any sexual activity that God forbids. That's the true definition of fornication. And God forbidded the evil angels to have sex with physical women, but they had it anyway. You said, how can an angel, which is a spirit, have sex? Well, angels take on the forms of human beings. Chapter 18 of the book of Genesis, Abraham saw Jesus and two angels with him. Chapter 19, these two angels that had visited with Abraham in chapter 18 go into Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot comes out, sees them walking, greets them, says, come into my house and have dinner with me. They come into the house, they wash the feet of the angels, which took on the form of human beings, human men, then they fed them. Now, either you have to believe that was a human being-looking type of creature with a capability of digesting food, or it was a esophagus and intestines and stomach here and there in space with over two feet walking down the street. Because he washed the feet, they ate their food, and in fact, they used their hands to grab Lot to pull him into the house. You say, well, wait a minute. The Bible says Jesus Christ talking to the Sadducees when they said, who is going to be the husband of that wife? She's had seven husbands when she gets to heaven. He says, in heaven she'll be as the angels. That's Mark chapter 12, verse 25. But wait a minute. That's talking about in heaven. It's not talking about on earth. You don't use that verse to disprove that human men and women can have a sexual relationship. There's no other way to explain and I'm in pretty good company. Dr. Rennie Showers, who's a theologian for Word of Life, agrees with me. So I'm in fairly decent company on this. Don't think I'm stepping out of a limb by myself. These are angels having relationships. You see, what was going on was Satan in the Garden of Eden was told by God, chapter 3, I'm going to bring forth a Messiah. She'll come, he'll come from that woman. And that Messiah, you'll bruise his heel, but he's going to burst your head. In other words, you're going to be finished. So Satan's subtle strategy was, what I need to do now is contaminate the human race, and there's only way and way I can do that. That pure bloodline that's going to bring forth a pure Messiah has to be contaminated. You know what chapter, what did I tell you chapter 5 was in Genesis? A genealogy. Why is that important? Why does he put a genealogy in the first 11 chapters? Look at that genealogy, just a second, in chapter 5. And this is the book of the generations of Adam. And it starts out to tell us from Adam who begot, who begot, who begot, who. Look at the last verse, verse 32 of chapter 5. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. It is showing us from Genesis 5, verse 1 to verse 32, that here there is a pure line. No evil angels mentioned in the genealogy of chapter 5. This contaminated line, God looks at it and says, it repents me that I ever made this. I've got to kill everybody except those that are pure. God's Word tells us what will happen in the end times. 
The book of Jeremiah, a unique prophecy, indeed, is speaking to our day. Over 2,500 years ago, the prophet Jeremiah wrote this book, and it is as up-to-date as the front page of the newspaper. Well, you need to study the entire series. It's a five-hour audio series entitled Jeremiah, A Unique Prophecy. It's on CD, so you can study it if you're on a long trip someplace and have a beneficial time on the road. Again, the title, Jeremiah, A Unique Prophecy, a five-hour audio series on CD. You can call our toll-free number and make your order. It's 877-674-3298. Now, that's toll-free from across America. Won't cost you a penny to make the call and order your copy of Jeremiah, A Unique Prophecy. Again, the number, 877-674-3298. Or go to our website, prophecytoday.com and click on the shopping mall. There you can make the order as well. When we studied Jeremiah, that prophecy that was written 2,500 years ago seems like we're talking about what is happening today. It's evidence that Jesus Christ could shout to call us up to be with him in the heavenlies forevermore at the rapture of the church. And after saying that, you know what? There's nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until... 